welcome to the Cary Church Podcast. For more information regarding Cary Church, visit www.cary.asn.au. That if that was a little bit too gross for you, and you're now thinking, oh, I was going to volunteer, but no, uh, we don't do that stuff in the preschool rooms, so, you know, um, there's still, there's still definitely, still definitely a place for you on our side. Um, cool. Well. It's my privilege this morning to share with you what God has been sharing with me uh, as I've been reading this passage on the Sermon on the Mount. And um, as we kick off, I'm just going to pray and ask God to help me do this. And uh, yeah, let's, I'll invite you to pray with me. Lord, help. Lord, thank you for being here. Lord, I thank you that uh, you're going to speak through me right now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Cool. Well, in the, over the last three weeks, I still haven't decided where I want this. Maybe to my side. There we go. Over the last three weeks in Children's Church, in uh, Kerry Kids, in the, the Splash Zone specifically, which is our primary room, we've been learning, we've been uh, having some fun with this theme, Disaster Chef. And we've been talking about how God has given us in the Bible uh, a whole bunch of great instructions. Things of, of how, we, how we can live a life that's honoring to Him and pleasing to Him. But the problem is that we're all disaster chefs. We all, you know, it's kind of like a recipe that we all get wrong. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then, you know, and in 1 John it tells us that even if we are doing our best to follow Jesus, and yes, our goal absolutely should be to no longer sin, we still will. We still make mistakes because none of us are perfect. And the really, really great news is that the Bible is full of stories of people like that. The Bible is full of stories of disaster chefs, people who've started out following God and made a, made a big mistake of it. And we've been looking at some of those stories. So I have some questions for any kids who have been in the splash zone in the last few weeks, who are the disaster chefs that we've been learning about? There's been three of them. Yes, Josh? Jonah. Jonah is one of them. Who else have we heard about? Isaac. Cain and Abel, correct. Yeah, so Cain was a bit of a disaster chef, made a pretty big mistake. And we had one more last week. This was a story that Jesus told. Yep. It was the prodigal son, that's right. And I was looking at these three stories and thinking, you know, what is it that, what is it that, um, I was noticing that they, they have something in common. They all have something in common. And um, see if you can figure out what it is. So Cain made this big mistake, murdering his brother, because he was, he was, he was angry that God accepted his brother's sacrifice and not his own. Jonah disobeyed God because he didn't trust God to protect him. And then he got mad at God because God forgave some people that he didn't think deserved it. And then the prodigal son, in this story that Jesus gave us, rejects his dad and takes his inheritance because he's so focused on going and doing what he wants to do with it. In all three of those stories, who is the main person most focused on? Yeah. He's focused on himself. He's focused on himself. 
and I think, I think this is the key. So we've been learning about the, the Sermon on the Mount, this, this story that Jesus, story, this sermon that Jesus gave, where he was talking to his followers and, and, and crowds that had gathered around and, and teaching them about whole lots of different things. And over the last three weeks, we've, we've covered Matthew 5. You can find the Sermon on the Mount on Matthew 5. And if you haven't been here or if you've been over in the Splash Zone, I encourage you, this is, that'd be a great thing to chat about during the week. Parents, you can fill your kids in on Matthew 5. Kids, you can ask your parents what they've been learning in church. But I'll give you a real quick, a real quick overview of what I've, at least what I've gotten out of it. See, Jesus, Jesus begins by t- telling people about, you know, who is, who is blessed. You're blessed when you display this. You're blessed when you have that. And it's not what people would have been expecting. And then he tells his followers their purpose. He says, you're salt and light. And we heard a great message about what that means, about being distinctive uh, and being countercultural and, and knowing what, demonstrating God, reflecting him so that people would worship him. And then he tells after their purpose, he tells them his purpose. He says, I've not come to take away the law. I've come to complete it and to fulfill its purpose. That's why I'm here. And he starts raising the bar and finishes with this crazy statement that says, be perfect like your heavenly Father is perfect. I read that and I was like, ooh, okay, be perfect. That's big, okay. Well, Jesus, please tell me how. Please tell me what next to do so that I can, I can get that right. And instead of giving more information there, Jesus sort of changes gears and he starts talking about something, something else. He starts talking about good things and how there's this, this warning, there's this thing in us, there's this thing in us that can poison even those good things. Now in kids, we learn about this guy, let's get this, this guy up on the screen, I want you to tell me who he is. We learned about him earlier this year, who can tell me who he is? Shout it out if you know it. Yeah, selfishness. See, as I was reading this passage, Matthew 6, and what Jesus talked about, as I was looking over the programs we've been teaching in kids, it's just, it's all come down to this guy, selfishness. This thing in us that has the power, we learned about selfishness in terms of our emotions, and we learned about how selfishness has the power to take our good emotions and turn them into something that's not good. But selfishness, I think, is something that's in us that has the power not just to affect our emotions, but to affect literally everything that we do. Selfishness is the common thread that we see, that we saw in Cain and Abel, we saw in Jonah, we saw in the prodigal son. And just as Jesus is in this sermon teaching about this way to, this way to live and, and to fulfill our purpose and telling us his purpose, he starts talking about these things that he expects his followers to do and gives this warning about how selfishness can rob everybody of that extraordinary life that he's describing. So we're going to hear what Jesus actually said in the form of a Bible reading. But in typical Kerry Kids style... We're going to uncover that Bible reading in the form of a game. So, I'm going to invite my game masters to come along, my lovely wife, Georgia. Take over and tell us what we're going to do. Cool. So, yeah, in kids' ministry, if ever we do a Bible reading or a memory verse, if I say memory verse, I mean Bible reading because that's what we do in kids, uh, we like to do it in the form of food. So, today, we are going to be having a culinary 
challenge. Now, on these four tables, firstly, I'm going to need volunteers who can eat yogurt. Yogurt, yogurt. I don't know how you say it. I say yogurt. Um, to eat some yogurt. We're going to need four volunteers per table. So how many is that? What's four times four? Somebody yelling at me. Sixteen. I trust you. <laughs> um, so where are my pickers? I'm going to get you guys to go choose some... Uh, I want some adults too. We need two adults and two kids per table. Parents, people who want to do it, it's fun. Eating yogurt's never a bad thing. Now, underneath each of these plates is part of the Bible reading. Now, as you come up here, you will need to clean your plate of yogurt and show us that part of the Bible reading. Uh, now, we have a couple of different types of, of, of yogurt here. Uh, can I get, we've got strawberry. We've got your good old style Greek yogurt, because we like a little bit of Greek yogurt. Why not? We've got what's been labeled custard question mark. So we'll see what that is a little later. And we've got vanilla with three question marks. So we'll see what that is as well. Now, I think we need, I think we need, uh, now I was told that um, Dave Kilpatrick called yogurt a cuisine. <laughs> and so I feel like if, if, uh, if this is called a cuisine clean, you're going to have to be a part of this. Let's give them all a round of applause. Alrighty, now can I get you guys up on the stage? Can you guys show them which, where they go? Now the first table to win, they're mine. Uh, uh, uh. I want, yes, can I get some apple, 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 just So the first team to finish cleaning their wonderful plates will get the chance to win some chocolate, which is always good. I like chocolate. Who likes chocolate? Good, good, good. Four of you. Who likes chocolate? Okay, so I can hear five. Who likes chocolate? There we go. Who likes yogurt? I loved the like slight pause. Who likes yogurt? Me. Who says yogurt? Who says yogurt? You're allowed. You're the only one that's allowed. Good, good. I'm glad. I'm glad we all feel this way. All right. I think we are going to need to... Oh, we need two more adults. Do, 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 Yeah. All the excitement. Now, make sure that no one's allergic to any dairy. Good. Good, 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 good. All right. We need to count them in. Are you ready? Together. We're going to count to three and go. All right. One. Wait, 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 wait. So what you need to do, any way that you can, you need to eat that yogurt <laughs> the fastest that you can. Hey, I mean, if it works, it works. That's the rules. Um, and show me what's on the bottom of the plate. Are you ready? One, two, three, go. Look at them go. Da, 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 da. This is, the, this is the, the music that I have. Who can, who can give me some good, some good random music? Da, 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 da. 
Beautiful. It's lovely. It's lovely. We've got some cool things going on. Oh, we got one. Oh, we got two. I need the whole, the whole table, the whole route, the whole. We're getting close. We're getting close. Oh, so good. Oh, almost. We've got some interesting little um, techniques. Almost. We've got one more. Come on, Cooper. Come on, guys. Good, good. Show me, show me, show me. Oh, and we have a winning table. Now, the rest of you, I still need to be able to see your plates. Let's see all of them. Everybody, show me your plates. Even if you, it's lovely. It's very clean. I'm very, very, it's like lovely. So, this is our lovely verse. Well done, guys. You guys get to share some of these. So, everybody give these guys a round of applause. Yay! And can I have one volunteer from each table who wants to help me read the verse? If you want. Otherwise, I'll just do it. But that would be boring. Congratulations, guys. All right. We are going to read our verse, which is on the bottom of the thing. If you can't see it, it's okay. I have a, my handy-dandy second, second type here. Albie, do you want to read what your plate says? Now, don't wait, wait, wait. Now, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the cygnus. Synagogues. Synagogues. Oh, yeah, I can see. And straight to call attention to their acts of charity. So good. You want the actual verse? I tell you the truth, they've received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your sorry. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father, who sees everything, will reward you. Do you want to read yours? Yeah. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. Do you want to read yours? I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repenting their words again and again. Don't be like them, or your father knows ex- for your father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. Pray like this. Do you want, do you want me to do it, or do you want me to read it? Do I need to read it? Yeah, I'll read it for you. Okay. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven, give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Do you want me to read yours? And when you... Let me... And when you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they too try to look miserable and disheveled. Do you want me to do it? Okay. So people will admire them for their fasting. 
I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, I think I failed on that one today, then no one will notice that you are fasting. Except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Well done, guys. You can take a seat. Well done. Now I'm going to let you know our yogurts were strawberry, Greek, mustard and baked bean in wonderful flavour. Let's give these guys a great round of applause and bring our wonderful David back onto our stage. All right, so there we go. Mel, I just did Bible reader auditions for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right. So, <clears throat> so Jesus launches into this, this warning, I think. Watch out. When you do these great things, these good and beautiful things, don't do them like this, but do them like this. And I have three takeaway points. I think just to, there's so much, there's so much in this passage. There's so many things. I was, I was reading it going, wow, this, Jesus was revealing so much to us. But I've got three points for us this morning. The first one is that Jesus says, when. Jesus doesn't say, if you pray, or if you give to the needy, or if you fast. He says, when. Because he's talking to his followers. This is, a, this is something that Jesus assumes. This is assumed, expected behavior for those of us who follow Jesus. So if you're here this morning and, and you have not made a decision to follow Jesus, then you don't have to do this. This is, this is not like a, everyone must live by this sort of thing. But for those of us who say we follow Jesus, we've got this relationship with God and this is who we are, this is something Jesus expects from us. So why? Well, first of all, let's look at giving. Why does Jesus expect us to give to the needy? And I think it's because if we're going to say that we follow somebody, then we should care about what they care about. And Jesus doesn't care about anything more than he cares about people. I think he demonstrated that for us his whole life, in particular with the cross, right? God loves people more than anything. And if we're going to call ourselves his followers, then we, we ought to be the same way. And if you're not, I would encourage you, ask God, bring that to God. I've literally prayed this prayer before. I've, I've been at a time when I was, I was bitter and just angry and jaded and, and just didn't care about anybody, but I wanted to follow Jesus. And I've literally prayed to God and said, God, I know that you care about people, and right now, I don't. Would you please just change my heart? Would you do something in me to help me to care more about others? Help me to care more about what you care about? And God answered that prayer. It wasn't with, you know, a bolt of lightning or some crazy thing. It was just over the weeks and months and years that followed, I found I cared about people more. The love in my heart grew, and I knew that God was changing the way that I thought and the way that I felt and the way that I treated others. And as I cared and loved more, I gave more. Jesus expects us to pray. I mean, if, we're going to have, if we say that we have a relationship with anybody, it doesn't make sense to not be talking with them. And prayer, prayer is just simply that. Prayer is talking with God, talking to Him, listening to what He's saying to us. If I said to my wife, oh, we have a relationship, but I don't talk to you and I don't listen to you when you speak, 
then we're just living in the same house. We don't, we don't actually have a relationship. And for those of us who follow Jesus, we need, to be, we need to be praying. We need to be having that conversation with him. And if, if you're not, I want to encourage you to fix that because your relationship with God will be suffering. And finally, uh, fasting. Jesus expects us to fast. So fasting is where we go without, usually it's food, but you can get, you know, you go without something that really means something to you for, for a time as a way of worshipping, as a way of focusing your attention on God, and as a way of declaring to Him, but mostly to yourself, that, that He is more important than anything. So when I fast, I'll fast with food, and because I love to eat. And so I'll say, okay, well, maybe I won't eat food for three days. And then in those three days, every time I get hungry, it's like my stomach reminds me to worship. And so every time I get hungry, I'll go and pray. And I'll say to God, the first thing I'll say to him is, God, you're more important to me than food. And it's a way of realigning my heart to focus on him. God expects us to be doing physical, practical things, not all the time, but, but sometimes, to realign ourselves because he knows that our focus is going to get pulled in all kinds of directions. But for those of us who follow him, we need to be doing that. So this is my first thing. Jesus says when. He doesn't say if. Secondly, I think as much as God expects us to do these good things, how we do them is, is equally important. And so my second, my second point is that it's, it's not a formula. I think sometimes we make this mistake reading this passage, and, I, and I've, I've wondered about it as well, of thinking, well, Jesus, Jesus gives us outlines about how to pray and how to give and how to fast. Does that mean that we have to follow those, those outlines like word for word? And, and I think the answer is no. Often we, we do that with the Lord's Prayer. Jesus said, um, this is how you should pray, and he gives us a, an example of a prayer, and then do we then look at that and say, okay, well, then I need to word for word pray like that every time? And I don't think that we need to do that. This fasting example kind of makes it a bit easier to see because he says if you fast, when you fast, comb, comb your hair. But what if you don't have hair? Then what? So it's not about, it's not about following, the, uh, following the guidelines word for word, but it's more about the attitude with which we do it. So Jesus used these examples of, in each, in each one, of drawing attention to ourselves. Giving so that people will look at you and be like, wow, that person's generous. I want to be like them. Praying really loud and long so that people will look at you and be like, wow, that person's so spiritual. Fasting and making yourself look like you're really suffering so everyone will be like, whoa, so much respect. I couldn't do, I can't be as good as that person. Jesus says, don't do it like that because you'll miss out. You'll miss out. But instead, and he gives us some examples of how to do it in a way that's humble, in a way that's not drawing attention to ourselves. But I think there are other examples that Jesus didn't give that are just as focused on us that he could have... No, I think he gave these examples because there were people, there was probably people in the crowd, literally, that was the relevant example for them. But I wonder what would be the example for us. Because what about when we, when we give money somewhere because we would just feel like a, you know, we want to feel like a good person. We want to feel like we've done something good. 
how focused on God is that decision? What about when we, when we pray because we are feeling really guilty and we'd feel really guilty if we didn't pray? So we're like, oh, well, I'll, I'll pray, then I, then I don't have to think about it anymore. How focused on God is that decision? But I think what Jesus is encouraging us is make it about Him. It's all about Him. Let's make it about Him. Now, I'm not saying don't do good things if you're doing it with a selfish motivation. Because I think we know that if 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 I've got if I've got a if I want to I see something on TV and I'm like I want to give money to these starving children because it'll make me feel good, and I do it, they, those children still get blessed. So I'm not saying not don't do it. And I don't think Jesus is saying don't do it either. But I think what Jesus is saying is that doing it with that kind of attitude that's focused on us and not on God, it robs us of something. It's selfishness in us robbing us of this extraordinary life that, that, he's, that he's talking about and that he created us for. And he's warning his followers, don't let yourself be robbed of this reward. Jesus uses this great word, reward, and this brings me to my third my third point. Because as I'm reading this, I'm like, Jesus, what is this reward he keeps speaking of? I love rewards. Who loves rewards? Yeah. What do you think of when you hear the word reward? What's typically like, when someone says, I'm going to give you a reward, what goes in your head like, ooh, maybe it's this? Give me some, give me some suggestions. Maybe a toy, yeah? Some sort of lolly? Absolutely, yeah. Some cash, yeah, most of us. What's that? Money, yep. Lollipops, we need lollipops. Yes, all right, one more. Their pin number, fair enough. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, so we often think, I mean, that's totally where my head goes as well. I think, not pin number necessarily, but, but definitely, you know, these kind of material money, these sort of blessings. I think, yeah, yeah. Is this, what, is this what you're talking about, Jesus? This is the kind of reward, the blessings from our Father. Is this what he's talking about? And I don't think it is. Because it just doesn't, that just didn't sit. So I was asking God as I was pr- pr- uh, praying through this passage, saying, God, what is this reward that you're speaking of? He says, if you, if you, if you give to the needy selfishly, focused on yourself, then you know, you do it for recognition from others, you'll get that recognition, but you'll miss out on this greater reward. If you pray because you want others to admire or respect you, you'll get that admiration, but you'll miss out on this greater reward. If you fast because you want others to respect you, you'll get that respect, but you'll miss out on this reward. And I said, what is this reward? And I think if we listen to the whole sermon, and I encourage you to to read the rest of, of um, chapter 6. Uh, we're going to hear a message on that next week, the second half. But Jesus starts talking about money. He starts talking about all these kinds of blessings. And he holds up money and God, and he says you can't follow both. I think what, I think what, what Jesus is getting at is that it's not, the reward is not what we expect. And in fact, that was the case in what we looked at with the Beatitudes at the start of Matthew 5. The blessings don't come to the people who we expect. The reward is not what we expect. The reward is not 
money on one hand, the, the reward, I believe, is more with Him. Because when we give focused on God, we open our hearts to more of God. When we, when we pray because we long for Him, not because we want to not feel guilty or because we want people to look at us, then we get more of Him. When we fast because we want to focus on God, we get more of God. And I think this is, this is the key to the extraordinary life that, that we, we've been talking about and that Jesus is describing. The extraordinary life is not a life that's blessed with, with money, with toys, with lollies. The extraordinary life Jesus is inviting all of us into is a life that is filled with his presence. It's a life that's all about him, and as we make it all about him, he makes it all about us, and he pours himself into us. He pours his presence into our lives to fill us and to overflow and bless all of those around us. This is the life that he's inviting us into. This is the life that Jesus has been describing and inviting his followers into. And he says, watch out, because he knows this thing is selfishness. It's in us. We can't make it go away, but we can build things into our life around it. That every time we do something that we know is potentially going to help us experience pride, we can intentionally say, no, God, I'm going to give that to you and I'm going to focus on you. I want this to be all about you. And as we make it all about him, he will flood our lives with more and more and more of his presence. So what we're going to do now is I want to give us, some, I want to give us a real practical opportunity to just do that. So we're going to have another moment of worship. We're going to sing this song called No Other Name, which is... It's such a great song to me because it, it just doesn't talk about us. A lot of, a lot of times with songs that we hear are, are about us singing about ourselves and how we want to relate to God. This is a great song that's just all about Jesus. And I want to invite you to, to join with us to lean in and to make this time all about Jesus. Because as we do that, as we get our eyes off ourselves and we focus on Him, we will open the door for more of His presence in our lives. So I'm going to invite my, my worship team to come on back. I'm going to invite you to stand up, church, and um, kids, feel free to come, come back on down the front. Let's, let's enter into this time together. Let's worship our God together. Let's declare what we believe about the name of Jesus, about His power, about His love. Let's lift Him up. Let's focus on him because he deserves it. He so deserves it. I'm going to quickly pray as we, as we enter into this time of focusing on God. Lord, thank you. Thank you for caring about us more than you care about any other thing. Lord, thank you for protecting us against selfishness. Lord, thank you for blessing us with more and more of your presence. Lord, we're hungry for you. Would you give us more this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship together, church.